0: Again, Happy Easter to you all. It is rather strange that the pews are all empty. I'm sure it's just as strange for all of you being at home. It's, it's sort of a, a difficult Easter, but even though it's a difficult Easter, there's joy in the air. Our Lord has risen from the dead. We know that, that Jesus has conquered sin. He has conquered even death. And of course, he is alive right now, alive and well, in his resurrected body in heaven. Just uh, one one announcement before I I go ahead and and give the homily. Uh, You'll notice that I'll be celebrating Mass ad Oriente, meaning facing the East. I'll be on this side of the altar. The reason for this is it's the most ancient tradition of the Church. All of the Orthodox Christians celebrate that way. All Eastern Catholics celebrate it that way. And a number of even Latin Catholics celebrate facing the East. It's it's a very ancient tradition. Even the Roman Missal that that we use at Mass speaks about it that way. The point is this though, the reason the the priest will face east along with the people is because it's from the east that the rising sun comes, that light comes into the world. That the sun, which is light, is a symbol of the light who created the sun. Also in the book of Isaiah it speaks about God coming from the east and early Christians believed that Jesus would return in glory from the East. So uh, last night for the Easter Vigil, and then of course this morning I'm celebrating Mass at Orientum. Uh, so it's not that I'm turning my back towards you, it's just simply I'm with you, facing the, the East. So, so now to my homily. Folks, the resurrection is something very new. The resurrection is something very new in the history of humanity. When we look at at Jesus' life, Jesus is born, but a lot of people are born, actually almost all people are born. Anybody who is breathing has been born. Of course, we know about the unborn, those who died before they were even uh, born. But all those who breathe air have been born, just like Jesus was. There's nothing really unordinary about Jesus' birth. Even when we look at Jesus' miracles, you know, Jesus turns water into wine. He raises Lazarus from the dead. He he cures, you know, the lepers. Even those things, they're extraordinary, but they're not really that extraordinary when we look at all the peoples of the world. Other people have done those things. You know, we think of Moses. You know, Moses comes, you know, with all the people of Israel, they've just been freed from Egypt, and they come to the Red Sea, and Moses splits the Red Sea in two. You know, like a wall of water to one side, a wall of water to the other, dry ground. They walk across on through the Red Sea. We think of also Moses striking the rock, how water flows from the rock. Moses is doing, you know, great things. He's working miracles. We think of Elijah. Elijah multiplies Oil for this widow, he multiplies her flower, and he raises her son from the dead. Jesus does those things, but even when we look at Jesus' crucifixion, that's not really unordinary. Yes, it's, I mean, it is, it, it's completely extraordinary, but other people have been crucified as well. The Romans crucified a lot of people maybe not to the same extent that they crucified Jesus with all the whipping and the beating and all the mockery and so forth. The different thing about Jesus, or Jesus' crucifixion and others' crucifixion is Jesus was completely innocent. What is crucifixion? Others experienced that as well. There's really nothing new about Jesus' crucifixion. But the resurrection of Jesus' is very different. Lazarus has risen from the dead, but he died later. The widow's young boy that Elijah raised from the dead died later. But this resurrection that we're celebrating today is completely extraordinary, out of the ordinary. Nothing like it in the history of humanity, ever. What does, what does Jesus' resurrection look like? What is the encounter that the disciples have with the resurrection, with the resurrected Lord look like? What, what is it? In preparing for this homily, I went ahead and I, I read Jesus of Nazareth, the book by Benedict XVI, where he speaks about all the, the Holy Week series, particularly the resurrection. And I was amazed. I was able to see the, the, the resurrection in a light that I would never seen it before. I, you know, when you read the resurrected accounts in the Gospels, and even in, in Paul's writings, even in the Acts of the Apostles, we think things, and, and it's not the reality of what it actually was. This, this is my idea of the resurrection, up to this week, or this last week. Jesus... You know, the dead man turns back alive. He appears in the upper room to the apostles. The the, the apostles see Jesus. They think he's a ghost at first. Jesus says, hey, it's me. And then I thought they saw Jesus for who he was when he was on this earth, before he died. But I came to realize it's different. Let me explain. Let me first say what what Jesus' re- resurrection is not. First of all, His resurrection is not resuscitation. When somebody is resuscitated, so they're, they're dead, you know, they're clinically proven dead, their heart's not pumping, they're not breathing, they're dead. And then through some means, you know, after two minutes or three minutes, or or half hour, as, as some people even have experienced, the person turns back alive, they're resuscitated, they, they, life comes back into their body. Jesus was not resuscitated, he's different after the resurrection. Unlike the person who is resuscitated, they're not different, they go back to their biological state that they were in before, and then they die later. Jesus was not resuscitated, he did not have a body like he always had after the resurrection. After the resurrection, he's also in, the resurrection is not like a ghost. Remember when Jesus appears in the upper room? They think he's a ghost. But, but Jesus does not belong to the realm of the dead. He belongs to the realm of the living. And thirdly, he didn't, Jesus wasn't having a mystical experience when, when he rose from the dead. What, what do I mean by that? Many of you know who Padre Pio is. St. Pio of Padre he was He was a, a, a priest in Italy. Died in the 1960s. He had the stigmata. So he had the wounds of Christ in his hands. And, and he had a hole in his side. You know, all, all these wounds. It, it is said that he would shed about two cups of blood a day. I don't know about you, but if I lost two cups of blood a day, you know, every day I'd be dead quite quickly. You know, if you go give blood, you can give a pint or two of blood, but, but you can't give a lot of blood. You're going to die at some point. Padre Pio would, would shed about two cups of blood a day, and he continued to live. It is said that when he actually died, the wounds disappeared. Other saints have also experienced the wounds of Christ, and they would appear for a day or two, and then they would disappear again. No one could would see them anymore. Some people who have seen visions, whether it's a vision of Jesus, a vision of Mary, a vision of other saints, while they're in this trance, while they're having this mystical experience, people would come up to them and would like poke them with a needle and they wouldn't even experience it. They were having this mystical experience. In fact, after this mystical experience, the the, the wounds aren't there. You know, the the pricking of the needle and so forth, they, they just disappear. They're just gone. It's like the person goes into this this state that is changed, and then after that state, one goes back to normal again. That's not what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. He doesn't also have these abilities to go through walls, and then at a later time no longer have those abilities. So, So what is the resurrection? What is the Resurrection? I don't quite know what it is. I don't know completely what the Resurrection is. But let me give you some, some descriptions from the Gospel passages. Whenever Jesus appears in His resurrected body to the apostles, to His disciples, He is always unrecognizable. He looks like a stranger, a gardener a regular dude, or he looks like a ghost. They don't know who he is until he himself says who he is, or he does some action or event that they saw him previously do, and when they see him do this after his resurrection, they immediately call to mind what he did before, and then they know internally, this is Jesus. But it still doesn't look like Jesus. Here are some examples. So the two disciples going to Emmaus. So it's Easter Sunday morning. These two disciples, who loved Jesus completely, who were amazed at who Jesus was, they hear he died. He's in the tomb. And they're like, guess guess that's not the Messiah. We thought he was, but we're just going to go back to our normal way of life. So they start walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And while they're walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus, Jesus comes up to them and starts talking to them. He's just a stranger to them. And he's standing right next to them. A stranger. They have this long conversation with them. They must have been walking with him for two, three, four miles. I forget, I think it's like nine miles from Jerusalem that Emmaus is. And they're conversing with Jesus. But they do not recognize who Jesus is until they sit down at a table with him. He gives thanks. Breaks the bread. Disappears. And then they know it's Jesus. They come to know internally that this is Jesus before him. But it didn't look like Jesus. Another example, we just heard the Gospel reading about how the women, you know, came to the tomb, they came, as some of the other passages say, to, to, to embalm Jesus' body. You know, after a body has died, of course, it starts rotting, and they're thinking that Jesus is going to be rotting like every other person that rots in the grave. And they're asking themselves, who's going to roll away the stone? They come, the stone's already rolled away, the tomb is empty, they're amazed, they run back, they tell Peter and the other apostles... And and then, we don't hear, we didn't hear it this morning, but it's in the passage that immediately follows. As they go back, as, you know, Peter and, and John, you know, went into the tomb, and Mary Magdalene is there, Peter and John leave, and Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Jesus is right in front of Mary, and she thinks he's the gardener. This is... Her close friend. I don't know about you guys, but if, if one of my close friends died, and came back and appeared to me, I probably would recognize the person. Assuming that the person looked like they looked like when I, when I was their friend. Jesus, Mary Magdalene's close friend, is standing right before her. And she thinks he's the gardener. And she says, Where have they laid my Lord? Tell me where they laid him so I can take his body away. When Jesus says, Mariam, Mary, she internally recognizes this is Jesus before her. But it doesn't look like Jesus. Jesus doesn't look like Jesus. The upper room. The apostles are gathered there, with the exception of Thomas. So 10 of the apostles are gathered there. Jesus appears to them in the evening. And they think he's a ghost. Well, first of all, they think he's a ghost because how did he get to that locked door? The doors were locked and he came on through and he appears before them. They think he's a ghost. They're freaking out. It doesn't look like Jesus. When Jesus says, it's me, folks. It's me, guys. Receive the Holy Spirit. They internally recognize it's Jesus. St. Luke says that because they, it still didn't look like Jesus, and it just looked like a ghost, at some point Jesus said, give me a piece of fish to eat. And they give him a piece of fish to eat, Jesus eats it. Ghosts can't eat fish. But Jesus eats the piece of fish. They internally know it's Jesus now, but he doesn't look like Jesus. He looks like a ghost. A week later, so so remember that, that Thomas was not there. So the apostles tell Thomas, they say, hey, we have we have seen the risen Lord. And Thomas is like, no way. I the guy was dead. There's no way. And they explain to him, you know, what Jesus looked like. Thomas still doesn't believe. I don't know about you, but if ten guys told me that some event happened, I might believe, I guess. But Thomas doesn't believe, and he says, Unless I stick my finger into the holes in his hand and place my hand to his side, I will not believe. That week later, Thomas is there. Jesus appears to them in the upper room. Thomas sees Jesus, does not believe it's Jesus. Jesus comes to Thomas and says, Thomas, put your finger into the holes in my hand. Put your hand into my side. Thomas doesn't believe until he puts his hand into Jesus' side and he feels the heart of the one who died for him. It still doesn't look like Jesus, but he knows internally it's Jesus and he falls on his knees and he says, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. The final example. So after, after Jesus rose from the dead, he's appearing to the apostles on multiple occasions for, for the next 40 days until his ascension. At some point, the apostles go on up to Galilee. They're there in Galilee. They're, they're again going fishing. Peter and John and some of the others, they're out fishing all night. They catch nothing. They, they're coming to shore in the morning. And they see this stranger on the shore. And the stranger calls out, Children, have you caught anything? And they say, no, we haven't caught anything. And he says, the stranger says, throw your nets onto the other side, and you'll catch something. At this point, maybe you would think that they would come to realize this is Jesus before them, but it doesn't look like Jesus. It looks like a stranger. They throw their nets on the other side. They catch two boatloads of fish. And then they realize it's Jesus, internally. But he doesn't look like Jesus. I love John's phrase, he says, and none of them asked who he was, for they all knew that it was Jesus. First of all, why would they ask who this is? Well, because he looks like a stranger. But they don't ask, because they know deep within their hearts, this is the one who died on the cross. They have faith. This this is a, a new revelation for me, folks. It's, it's very new. I always thought that, you know, Jesus hid his appearance, you know, what he literally looked like until they came, you know, to, until he told them, and then they would it would look like Jesus was before. But the whole time, when they experienced the resurrected Jesus, it doesn't look like Jesus. But they all know that it is Jesus because of what this stranger, what this gardener, what this ghost is doing. I want to make this now more applicable to us today in 2020. At this Mass... On this altar, in a few moments, is going to be the resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ, the one who had his ministry for three years on this earth, who died, who was buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. He is going to be right here, and what we're going to see is just going to be a piece of bread. But through faith, you and I come to know that this is the Resurrected Lord." I always thought it would be amazing to experience the Resurrected Lord like the Apostles and His disciples did. And then I realized, no, I, I have experienced the Resurrected Lord. I can experience the resurrected Lord if I have faith. And I do have faith. All of you have distractions at Mass. All priests have distractions at Mass. Last night as I was celebrating Mass, after I'd given this homily for the first time, at the time of the consecration, when I said, for this is my body, in a way that I never have before, I realized... This is fully Jesus. The Jesus who appeared to Mary Magdalene, the Jesus who appeared to the Apostles, the Jesus who appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, the Jesus who appeared to Thomas is right here. Folks, between encountering the risen Lord and between... And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, it's how the gospel is spread. We're here today. All of you are watching today because people have experienced the resurrected Lord just like the apostles did, just like the disciples did. Don't look for Jesus in the way that you want to look for him. Don't look for Jesus in the way that you think he will come. But look for Jesus in the way that he does come to us in the sacraments, in the great sacrament of the Holy Mass, the Eucharist, the same Lord, our God. Folks, let us rejoice in the resurrection of the Lord. Let us thank him for all the good things that he has given to us.